Podcast. Everyone, I would like to welcome Market Junction. Uh, Market Junction is a band based out of Houston. We got uh, Matt and Justin here. Say hi. What's up, everybody? (laughs) Welcome to the podcast world. Oh, yeah. So Market Junction recently just released their uh, full album, Burning Bridges, um, after releasing Out of Love and Nebraska uh, and a couple other singles. I've been a big fan of Market Junction since I found them. Uh, honestly, about I think two months ago, um, just listened the crap out of their stuff, um, and we finally got an opportunity to sit down for a podcast and just just, just chat. So, yeah, man, um, really glad you're you're having us on your on your program. It's gonna be really cool for us. So, Matt, Matt why don't you tell uh, us a little, little backstory on the band, how y'all came together, and all that stuff. Okay, so uh, so I was Justin's been playing guitar forever. When did you start playing guitar? Not forever. I guess early high school, late middle school. Yeah. So he was. I I didn't start playing guitar until I was twenty one, and uh, uh-huh. and Justin was already uh, really good by the time I picked up a guitar. And so I didn't even think he would ever play uh, in a band with me because he was way too good uh, to to play with me. And I started out leading worship at churches, uh, and then eventually I started a, like a contemporary rock band, if you can believe that. And okay. uh, so I was a front man for that. Justin was a front man for like what would you classify mm. your band? Kind of a southern rock blues mm. band, and um, yeah. riffy, you know, played covers and stuff. But yeah, um, we played the same little local Mont Bellevue festival type thing it's called uh country market uh country market days yeah <laughs> and so taylor our bass player uh was playing with you mm-hmm. in your band yeah. and then after that we are both our bands played that that little thing okay and been friends forever and uh we uh I, we both basically quit our bands uh okay. and decided we were gonna start uh, a band together yeah. because we wanted to go in a different musical direction. Both of us right. did. We were big fans of folk Americana music, mm-hmm. uh, even though it wasn't called Americana back then, really. Uh, and uh, Taylor is the one that came up with the name. He uh, he pieced together. Country well, y'all, and, y'all played at the mar- at the marketplace and kind of yeah. together at the junction. I was going to ask if that if that's how the name came about. Coming up with a band name is the worst. You feel like a child because everything sounds like a you're trying to come up with your superhero name or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a lot like naming a business or a brand, like like or even like a, a sports team. It's like, well, this is what everyone's gonna know as our band, as as our brand name for like ever. So, I mean, I mean, going back to, or, or you can th- think about the Washington football team right now, like. Whenever they, they had to strip the Redskins name, uh, c- coming up with a, a team name in a month period before the season starts, impossible. Yeah. Well, they could just be like the Texans did. I remember when they first came up with that name, I thought, wow, that was like a two-minute meeting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Texans. <laughs> All right, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask next, where the, where the name came about. Um 
So when did y'all start writing together first? That was end of 2011. Yeah. Right. So Matt gifted me a vinyl of um, Red Montaigne, God Willing, the Creek Won't Rise. And okay. uh, instant fan, great record, big inspiration for the direction we, we wanted to go. And uh, we just thought that's that's the kind of music we want to write. People will like it or they won't. And, mm -hmm. you know, it makes us happy. So, yeah, that's that's good. But 2011, to answer your question. Yeah. So, so 2011, and then it took till 2016 to release your first album. Uh, were y'all just kind of stockpiling stuff up? There? <laughs> so we actually released. Uh, we so this is my fault mostly, but we we have a full length record that was out there. We released it in 2012. It's called "Even Heroes Have Gravestones," or I think we just called it "Heroes Have Gravestones." You have a copy? Yeah, there it is, right there. Oh, cool. Uh, and so what happened is we changed distributors and because we were doing like the self-distribution thing at yeah. first, and uh you have all these subscriptions with you know reverb nation or cd baby or whoever right mm -hmm. and uh what we realized is when we moved distributors our entire catalog moved over except for that record and then the uh the subscription ran out basically they didn't even, they didn't even email me just like you're done and, and it pulled our stuff and i'm like well i need to put it back out there but then at this point we're you know almost 10 years in and we're looking back at that first record going do we really want to read that record <laughs> well shoot y'all could re-record some of the songs and, and, and put them out as singles there's been talk there's yeah. been talk about that funny. hey because I, I need me some more market <laughs> <laughs> um no but but i I mean, you see bands nowadays release single after single, um, album after album, especially right now because of all the writing that's been going on. There's more music, more music being released now than ever. Um, so, I mean, I, I would definitely look into it if I were y'all. I'm sure there's some really good stuff on there. I think the game plan has changed as far as releasing too. Like, I think that, you know, we just released that full length record, but I mm -hmm. think that the, the algorithms are wanting to be fed more often than every two years right so right we realized that a little late in the game in our in our marketing campaign for for this last record but uh going forward we may try to figure out a way to feed the machine a little more frequently you know and that, <laughs> that may be part of it is like recording some of the old stuff in a different way and and releasing it out there you know mm -hmm. now when, when it comes to like distribution and all that stuff i mean that, that stuff seems like tough, like picking a distributor, like, like all that. How, how did y'all settle on one or, and what made y'all want to switch? You know, there weren't a whole lot of distributors beating our door down, just begging to get, <laughs> uh, our, our record. But, uh, but it was kind of one of those things where we knew people that were with uh, Smith Entertainment, the people that distributed the, the last one. And, and uh, yeah. We knew people that, that they were already distributing for. And so we we're like, well, let's see if they'll do it. And they would. And they've been great to deal with. Frank over there is like, he's really, he's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it's just nice to have somebody that you, when you need something, you can pick up the phone and call them. You know, you don't, right. you don't have to like some email through a help desk on a website or something. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I've been looking into with Country Underdog is like, 
getting into the distribute distribution business because I mean, so many people go through like CD baby or whatever, and they just take a chunk out of like, like streams that, that are already like, like, like profit is not very much like per stream. So I don't know. And just, I just want to make everything easier for people. Um, I, I think things are kind of get th- things are getting there, but at the same time, there's more options nowadays to do everything. So it's confusing. Like if you're just starting a band, like what to do. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. We could write a book on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely seems to be one of the broken areas um, of what we're trying to do is, yeah, I think we got our first check in 10 years or eight years, I guess. Yeah, uh, we got our first check for putting music out and it was 200 something dollars. Yeah, like 240 <laughs> bucks, something like that. And I, not that I'm saying people should be spending more on it, it'd be nice, but it's not that, it's just the the... The mediums through which we can get our music out it's, it's just tough figuring out how to keep it keep it going you know and especially oh, when yeah. you your last resource is just to gig more and so you can't gig more you know so poor me yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a tough part of the business figuring out how to keep going uh, for sure i mean that's one thing I've I've noticed. I mean, Spotify and Apple Music being out—that's all great. It's great for me. It's great for the consumer. It's great to put music out there and like, hey, go listen to this. Like, it's easy. But when it comes to like the good old days of buying something on on iTunes or or just buying someone's CD, like, it's it's a little hard for the musician, and and I, I feel for him. So eventually, like, I want to figure out how I can help that, which. I mean, you just gotta listen as much as you can, and then we gotta get back to live shows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that'd be a huge help. And there's so many artists that that's where the lion's share of their income mm-hmm. is coming from. That it's like, yeah. without that piece, I think you, I think we're gonna see like a thinning of the herd, uh, somewhat at least for a while, because people are going, uh, this isn't, this model isn't working anymore. Like we gotta figure out a way. But the cool thing about there being so many independent artists like like us is we run we run it like a small business like how can we adapt and change and overcome and yep. the innovation in the industry is going to continue to to grow and i think we're we're in the long term maybe we'll be the better for it i don't know oh yeah for sure i mean y'all y'all have been around now um it just it, it, it's just hard work I, i'm i'm sure y'all, y'all know that more than anyone um and so so i mean i want to get y'all's music out there as much as i can i mean everyone who i've introduced y'all y'all's music to really enjoys it um i mean shoot i just had a i just had a friend uh he's going through a breakup out in california and and i sent him some of y'all's songs and and he was like that made me cry but it helped (laughs) those are our people man if we can snag them in the middle of that man we got a life (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah yeah don't even get me started on that but um so <laughs> i was like i was like damn this that's perfect uh let's see so i i, I want to go through y'all's album a little bit and y- y'all can talk about like like more more of like a backstory on them like how, how they came about um stuff like that so i mean we can start with the title track when your heart begins to ache 
Like just what's the backstory on that one? So that I think that was like uh, either that one or Nebraska was one of the first songs uh, that we wrote for the record. Like when we even before we even realized we were going to make a record, and I had those because we've been playing when your heart begins day for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, and many different versions of it. Uh, but yeah. the inspiration for that song came through the idea of I was nineteen. Uh, sat my dad down and said, Hey, I'm gonna get married. I was dating my high school sweetheart, had been dating her for two years, and said, Hey, we're I'm gonna get married. And my dad, I could tell, had a lot to say about that, but he is not a man of many words, and I think he was afraid to to sound off putting of the idea, you know. So he just like made this grunting noise as dad can do sometimes, at least my dad does. When you don't know what to say, and he's upset about something, he's just like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what he did. And I was like, well, I don't know. I didn't know what he meant by that. And I think it took a divorce and remarried and four kids later to go, all right, I think I get it. <laughs> I think I'm starting to understand it. But I didn't have a chorus. Uh, and so me and Justin sat down and uh, he was instrumental in banging out that chorus. And, and uh, so that's really where it came from. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. It's 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 hard to tell that when you listen to it, but hearing that it makes complete sense. It um, turns it flips a different switch, right? Like you're not gonna be able to hear it any other way now, probably. Right, right. And and that now it now it kind of puts this perspective on the song, like like it's like through the years, like a growing progression, not not before it was like a single moment. It was like it was like, oh well you like you can tell you're in love when your heart begins to ache. Like 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 you just met, you could, it could just happen when like you met a girl, um, when your heart begins to ache. But now it's like through the years, uh, it gives a lot deeper meaning. That's really cool. That's so interesting to hear how people uh, hear it. I love that. That's cool to think about. Yeah. You know? yeah. We never I mean, get to hear that. I, 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 I thought of it from a like momentary um, like basis. Now it come to know it's like on a, on a deeper basis. And I can honestly, relate to it that better because i mean i'm not exactly falling in love with, with anyone right now so <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a process so, so that's that's really cool um what about out of love let, let, let's hear a backstory on that one justin was instrumental in like the way that song came out mm -hmm. on the record is a lot of justin's ideas i'm trying to remember what we start how that started it started with um uh, the idea i'm going to change yeah the original mm -hmm. format of it was way different but the idea was basically like you know those signs that hang in people's yes, uh right. houses like yeah. a, we see them all the time like it'll be like all because two people fell in love or all because two hearts fell in love bless this family yeah exactly <laughs> one of those really nice you know yeah uh pinterest type you know signs and uh, mm -hmm. and because we like to write heartbreak songs we thought we'd twist that all up and uh yeah. and turn it you know play it play on words and turn it into a more sad uh you know uh -huh. that uh, really i mean they're they're uh to get like really super uh personal about the, at least the first the first verse mm -hmm. i've been through uh, a divorce before remarried uh, was sitting across the table from my wife, 
having lunch one day and um and I just saw like that thing in her eye that was like we're disconnected like there's just not something something's not right you know mm. and uh and so I I said hey I don't want to go through what I went through last time like we we got counseling we went through six months of, of marriage counseling not really with a major glaring problem just like to learn to communicate better right and because uh, I didn't want the situation to play out the way the song played out you know mm-hmm. so like the song takes a darker tune uh or more like you know hey this this isn't working out it worked out for me in real life <laughs> <laughs> so so you wrote the song before y'all, y'all went through that I think ideas were coming together like Justin and I talked about the sign idea mm-hmm. we talked about the you know started to feel out the song and I and then that moment happened at lunch with my with my wife now yeah. Sarah it started coming and together I, that's when the like pieces started coming together but the that's original different. version I wish I could remember what it sounded like it was way different that's like a scene from a movie like y'all are going through that and then like it just you're walking down the street and the song starts playing and it's like all coming together it's like oh that's that's cool um all right what about uh i hope it breaks your heart it's real uh somber <laughs> yeah it is um, i'm trying to think about that one. that was a late right like we we did not have that song done when we were in the uh when we were went into the studio to start the record and then so i had pieces of it and we were at the we were upstairs in your in your old house we were working through it and justin came up with that guitar lick that you hear on the front of it mm-hmm. but he did it on his acoustic guitar because we were sitting with two acoustic we guitars to do that on acoustic. <laughs> yeah and we still made that that would be a phone I'm but uh that lost the translation <laughs> it's fine but <clears throat> yeah that, what, do you play differently live so we just i use when we do play it live i play my electric and it's more yeah. of a, almost up to bow for us okay. it's more of a rocked out feel when we play it live it it had a certain somberness in that acoustic mm-hmm. demo that we did that it was yeah. like oh if we could just capture that which we may go back and try to do that but I remember going into that that songwriting session. We didn't have a chorus. We wrote a chorus that the chorus to it that day, mm-hmm. uh, and Justin nailed that guitar lick, and uh, and it just kind of came. But the whole idea was like it needed to fit a piece in the puzzle of the record. Mm-hmm. There was this, we're trying to make this overarching story, and that piece of the puzzle was yeah. felt like it was missing. You know. Yeah. So so whenever you went in to record the record or, or st- whenever you started the record, did you have a set idea of how many tracks you wanted on the record um, and what kind of story you wanted to tell? Every time we, I say every time, a few times when we go in to record the record, we think we finally got it down. Yeah. How many tracks, um, mm-hmm. feel it, and every time it just gets opened up and, you know, rearranged and, we get a lot of counsel from producers and engineers and mm-hmm. you know i'm going to stop pretending like we've got it figured out we <laughs> overthink everything too justin yes. and i are basically the same person when it comes to that kind of stuff like that's not will, a bad thing though um, that, tr- that was supposed to be the title track for the record i hope it breaks your heart it was was supposed really? to be the title track yep 
and then it got changed to burning bridges uh oh man later yeah burning bridges is, is short and I, I, it, it's it's quick i think it i think it captures that the album really well because i mean you go through everything that y'all go through on this record and some bridges yeah. burned <laughs> but but um so so what, what how did nebraska come about and uh and why nebraska <laughs> so my yeah cody pickens my my he's my ex-brother-in-law okay so okay he's my ex-wife's twin brother mm-hmm. he moved in as my roommate after i went through the divorce really yeah, i know that's it's interesting to to wrap all that around your, your head but uh so he was my brother-in-law he moved in and then he was working on the railroad and uh the railroad just lost uh the railroad had him in nebraska working and um and so i called him that day and and he said i said hey where are you he said i'm working on the railroad in nebraska and uh, i said man i've never been to nebraska what it what's it like and he said uh Oh, if you don't, uh, if you don't like corn or wind or dust, then there's no reason for you to visit Nebraska. Okay. And for some reason that just hit me in a weird way. I hung up the phone and just carried that idea around. And eventually, we sat down and just banged it out. That's so cool. And and then y'all, of course, did a, a video, um, a live performance on that, right? Um, like a, oh, like I did not. We did not catch that. Your audio is. Uh, hold on. Try again. Okay. Yeah. Try that again. Can y'all hear me now? <laughs> yeah. Are y'all can? Okay. Um. So so y'all, of course, did a live performance video, um, for Nebraska, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. And um. So w- whenever it comes to doing the videos, how do you decide which songs you want to do and? Uh, what 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 kind of setting you want to have? Oh, a lot of it, like the songs, is kind of like we have a lot of input from a lot of people. But at the end of the day, me and Justin make the call on what song is going to be featured in a video. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of how it falls. There's no set of rules for me. Like um, for Out of Love, I thought that one was just obvious. We had to do a, a full blown video. Oh yeah, that was awesome. It. I don't, and it's just the way the song came out. And, yeah. Um, you can, if I can listen to a song and it feels cinematic and I can see images, yes, then that's kind of how I go about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, and then the live performance thing fits almost anything, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like, who's available and how much money do we have? <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. To make a video, you know. And so we just like with the the Nebraska and Western Coast, mm-hmm. the me on the acoustic, it was like we had a perfect opportunity to go and do that for a very reasonable amount of money. So it was yeah. like, I'm going to go do that, you know? And then y'all and then put the money into Out of Love. What's that? Y'all put the money into Out of Love. Yeah. Which yes. I think is, that when I first saw that, it gave me chills. Um how did y'all settle on the the stage um, idea and, and the two and the two people reading back to each other? That was all Justin, man. He concocted that entire thing in his head. Really? Well, 
he directed it too. You said I'm gonna brag on him a little bit because he's he's very (laughs) very good at that kind of stuff. Like imagining what it's gonna be and putting it into into place. I have zero talent when it comes to that, and so he did literally everything. I I helped make it rain when we were dropping the water. That's all I did. So that was thank you. But everybody helped and pitched in, and we did that whole video in one day, um, and we did it at our studio. And so, uh, but yeah, way over our heads on that one. How did y'all know the two people who um, were in the video? So they are family members of our bass player, um, Taylor. And the one thing, you know, with video is everybody looks better. So I said that we need two of the skinniest people we can find. (laughs) (laughs) They they were very extremely skinny and had a good look to them. I was like, that'll, you know. Yeah. We we winged so much of that. I'm saying that in a humble way. We we winged something. We prayed it would work. And the, it, the rain when it the rain on, we were going to use a, a water hose. And uh, oh. <laughs> inside the studio, it was a nightmare because, long story short, I ended up spraying half of the computer equipment on accident. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh yeah. And after being told, "Don't do that. Don't do that," I said, "I got it." When Justin gets into his head and he's going to do something, <laughs> when he thinks that he's right about something, because yeah. I was like, dude, don't, don't do that. And he's like, dude, I can do it. Stubborn. <laughs> wow. Well, it's so funny. I, I had two, two of my friends separately. When, when I sent the, the video to them, they, they were all, that wasn't her singing. When, whenever the, the girls were re, reading her part. <laughs> You got they, were, they were just kind of joking but but uh, yeah, i was like that's not the point <laughs> but um so uh let's see I, I know you got like 15 minutes we'll go through a, a few more and just talk um let's see i'm really curious uh, about a stone will sink and bird in a cage how those came about so i can say bird in a cage started off as the same song as western coast really they were one they were one so that melody on guitar mm-hmm. and the melody of uh, uh i'm all alone on the western coast out of gas yeah. that was uh so it does sound like bird in cage now, now you it was even a bird in a cage is afraid of, you know so it was like the same tag and we love that melody and we love those ideas, but we couldn't marry the stories together. Okay. And so we had to split them into two songs. And uh, uh, so Bird in a Cage ended up being like the idea mm-hmm. was there. And then again, sounded totally different at the beginning of the, of the demo process. And you did some mandolin stuff that was like, okay, we got to go in this direction because the mandolin work was so like key to the sound of the song that we ended up taking it in a more upbeat, uh, positive funding. So did, so since Western coast and burden cage were once thing where you're kind of trying to go with the, like, you're like, you're all alone. Um, but you like need to get it, get out there in the world kind of thing or, or, or what are you? I think burden and cage was more like, Hey, uh, everything in life is backwards and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that's just messed up 
Mm. And you just get used to that and don't let it ruin your, don't let it ruin your outlook. You know, like realize that if you teach a boy to speak, he's going to tell you a lie. It's part of the deal. If you give a man a job, he's going to work overtime. He's going to, he's going to, we're going to abuse every, every gift that we have. It's okay. kind of the mentality is so like realize that, but don't let it, uh, you know, don't let it get you down. Even a bird is afraid of that. Uh, open sky. Open sky. Like that's where the bird belongs. And uh, they're afraid of it, you know? So that, that was the idea at least. Interesting. Very interesting. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty neat. Um, so, so the album name is Burning Bridges. Uh, the tenth track is Burning Bridges. Um, what made y'all settle on Burning Bridges? And can you tell me a little bit more about the song Burning Bridges? Yeah, yeah. Justin, that one. Um, so, I think we changed the made it the title track there at the very end with the help of uh, Richard, our producer engineer. Um, you know, from a marketing standpoint, just like you said earlier, it's, it's quick, short, and mm-hmm. to the point, summarizes, you know, a lot of the album. Um, <clears throat> and so that made sense. It was a pretty easy decision. Yeah. Um, imagery, you know, so, but the song started, that was just a riff or the chord progression I was playing one day in my garage um, years ago. That's mm-hmm. old. A long time ago, and we <laughs> we just that progression, which is not fancy. Yeah, those lines just... too at the beginning that were so uh, that caught me because I remember I carried the idea around that he he sent me the idea and I carried it around forever, yeah. wanting to do something with it because that that opening line struck me in a in a cool way. Yeah, it's kind of like to me the song is very um, it's like the guy's not giving up, but it's he's just kind of going mad and um I, I like nautical themed everything really yeah and so being on a ship and uh i was like you know maybe this could work at the end of the record for the journey that this right. guy's through. and then ship symbolizes know, kind of life we're just floating through nebraska nebraska he ends up stranded in california and then maybe he just gets on a freaking boat and goes crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> So we wanted the song to be a little psychedelic, which it may not sound that way to some, but for us, we put synthesizers on it and um, all kind of crazy stuff. That's Justin yelling yeah. at the guitar pickups at the beginning. Too. Oh, that's right. The really? Is, so that's something, a trick that Taylor had told me about from an old rock and roll record or something where your picks can be a mic. And so we just turned everything up and I screamed into my guitar. So that, that fit what we were doing. I was like, yeah. any crazy thing that would fit on that song we wanted to do. Um, it's like the exclamation point at the end of the record. That yeah. We yeah. yeah. And I mean, let's see. Look, looking through everything. I mean, y'all have, well, Nebraska is by far y'all's most popular song. Yeah. Stream, stream wise. Yeah. Um, Burning Bridges is down there. But it, it's honestly one of my favorite off the record. Um, I, I think a whole like like you release an album like that, and people go through like the the, the beginning songs, mm-hmm. and then they might not get to the last one, or just depending on what they're doing in their day, um, stuff like that. And then of course you released Nebraska as a single, 
so that helps too. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been out there the longest, and yeah. I think there's some anticipation because we were like, "Hey, we haven't released music in two years. Yeah. Here's a new song from us," and and <laughs> the people that were keen on that really helped it 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 go up, you know. Now, what, since I've been following y'all, it's been interesting. Like I've seen, I hope it breaks your heart. Like rise up. Like I think it was like number five at one point when I whenever I, if the album first came out, and Nebraska was up there, and then Out of Love and The Stone Will Sink and all that. But I hope it breaks your heart. It's kind of just risen up, and I find that really cool. And I think as as records get older, more songs might get spotlighted. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. that one went nuts like for uh for a time and it's still kind of doing outperforming the other ones and i don't know why i i it's it just started happening one day and it kind of went uh like it went nuts for about a week straight and i was like what in the heck <laughs> that that's everyone going through this like fall depression phase and they're sending it to, <laughs> to their significant other and like that pissed them off and like i hope it breaks your heart <laughs> Yeah, whoever likes to soak in that misery, and we're the we're the band for you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, that that's where I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Let's see, what else was I gonna say? Oh, I'm going to. I haven't delved into Against the Grindstone very much because I mean I get overloaded with music, like honestly. Um, just try and consume as much as I can, keep up with it, and then write articles we're increasing our our content like daily now before i mean i was writing once a week if that um but now i got a, a another writer on, on staff and i got a few i got i got two other writers they're also artists so they just kind of do what they can like whenever yeah. they, they they feel like it but um within the next year and a half two years like i, I plan on doing something really big with us i mean I well, hopefully have a really good full-time job once I finish my master's right now. Um, and then I can invest back into country underdog and we're going to open up a studio in the Dallas area and have bands come play live. Like, just like, like a small live studio audience, put, put, put the videos on YouTube, sit down for a podcast. People can just come by whenever they're between tour dates and stuff like that. Hang out, have a small little store in there. Um, with our merchandise on it and then just our art our offices for just just writing and keeping keeping everything going but um what's your degree in business business administration and my uh master's is in entrepreneurial leadership okay very cool yeah so did, did y'all go to uh did y'all go to college or, or, or what have y'all been doing making a living i uh i went to trade school to be an electrician okay and I was like, I was in the electrical industry as an electrician and a project manager and a sales guy for like a little over 10 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now we run a business together, but you were a machinist. Yeah. So I trade as well. I grew up as a machinist in my younger okay. adult years. Um, and then I went to school and studied guitar for a little while at HBU. And, um, and then they dropped an instrumental program my senior year. Newspaper writings about it. So I'm a college dropout. And so we, we run a... Yeah, my dad is too. Uh, company. We 
we uh, service freestanding ERs with ultrasound tags. Really? Okay. Yep. And um, we've been doing it for five years. And I did not uh, expect that. I don't know what I expected y'all to do, but I did not expect that. That's really cool. Yeah, it frees us up and we work from our phones and um, it's a huge blessing. Um, so everybody thinks we made it, but we really didn't. We, we still work. Yeah. We just act still, like we're rock stars. One way or the other. Yeah. See, I mean, that's really lucky for y'all because, I mean, there's so many artists out there who are either young and not in college and just trying to make it in the music industry. And it's just, unless you go and get like a, a record deal and they give you a bunch of money up front, you're, you're not going to have much. Um, but then they own your music. So it's yeah. kind of like a, what do you want? But uh, so. It's money pit, man. We, we Justin and I have not, taken a, a any kind of paycheck from the band probably ever we dump it all back in yep a uh business that has never turned a profit all the tens of dollars yeah <laughs> so ideally like what like when, whenever y'all are doing this like is it something y'all want to go like huge or, or y'all want to just stay like just doing what y'all are doing like, like, what if you woke up one night and y'all, y'all blown up millions and millions and millions of, of streams and followers? Uh, would y'all go like touring, like arenas and stuff like that? Heck yeah! <laughs> we wouldn't, we wouldn't ever play two hundred shows a year or anything like that. We've got families, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if if things went nuts overnight and we were gonna sell out an arena, yeah, we'd go, we'd yeah. go, we'd go taste that uh, for a while. That'd be great, but. Yeah, because I mean, there's people in Texas who are like, "Nah, screw that!" Like, I I, I want to do do what I'm doing right now. I don't need anyone telling me what I can and can't do, um, which has actually been really cool seeing guys like Cody Johnson, um, Randall King, uh, yeah. Parker McCollum, Co. Wessel. They, they they've within the last year or so they've signed these record deals that are first of its kind. That they give they 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 get basically it's just promotion they just get promotion yeah. mm -hmm. um, because i mean nashville has seemingly realized that texas is a pretty big competitor and there's some really good talent out here um just in the red dirt red dirt scene independent music across the country um that they have to compete with it because there, there are so many nashville guys who have millions of followers on social media or streams and all this stuff but they can't sell to show like these yeah. Texas guys can. Mm -hmm. A lot of those numbers are fabricated. At oh yeah. Promotional companies that are there. It's the same thing that you get like in Texas. It's the version of the paper spin, right? Like on radio, you know, sometimes you get a radio promoter yeah. that'll say, "Oh, that you guys had a number one on the chart, but really you didn't get that many spins because it's just like a handshake, wink, and a nod kind of thing." You know, mm -hmm. same thing happens on a much larger scale for those guys, but. We, we don't want anyone to ever tell us what to do. That's right. our thing. We want to be in control of our own schedules, our own things. And I think the dream for us is to write uh, a song or songs that someone who does want to go play 250 shows a year will go and make it a hit, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if we could... I remember you were talking about that on your Instagram yeah. live. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you know someone famous who needs a song, man, let us know. <laughs> Do, do you, who, who do y'all listen to a lot who do y'all take your inspiration from i mean i mean you you said like y'all don't want anyone to t tell me what to do which i mean 
first thing that comes to mind when I think of that. I mean, Aaron, that Aaron Watson mentality, the underdog. I mean, he was the first independent album ever to uh, chart number one on iTunes. Um, so kind of that mentality, I think Texas, that's just Texas and yeah. red routine in general. So do y'all listen to a lot of Aaron Watson or who, if not, who do y'all take uh, y'all's inspiration from? I'll let you tackle that one first. So songwriting wise, I fell in love with, you know, guy called Towns Game Grant. Yeah. A lot of old, um, I love old cash stuff. Uh, and then Heartworn Highway, He's, there's a good documentary that covers a lot of those guys, Steve Earle. Um, okay. And man, seeing how they just hung out, banged out songs, you know, that whole spirit of, you don't have to sing right on key. It's about telling the story. You know, here in towns do uh, Lefty and... Uh, Poncho and Lefty. Poncho and Lefty yeah. is, he's not singing almost anything in tune. Yeah. Because there's something different about it. I think he just released another version of that. Really? Uh, yeah, an acoustic version. They came out with a full album, a full acoustic album last night. There you go. Huh. There you go. I'm on, I'm on it, man. I'm on it. But uh, let's see. Um, so, so, yeah, that's really cool. And and I think one thing that's that... You guys to say you take inspiration from, but yeah. to be fair, the songwriting world, it's hard not to, you know, Chris Christopherson, who's written everything. <laughs> you know, but... Yeah, Bruce Robeson, Skip Ewing. Uh, and we, like, if I'm going to turn on Spotify and listen, I'm listening to Mandolin Orange. Oh, yeah. John Moreland, Ray Lamontagne, Jason Isbell. John Moreland is so good. So good. So like he, he's very underrated. I know, right? He's so always oh, so good. <laughs> and, and I'm sure a lot of people don't know he's like 400 pounds, and they're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. I think that I think that adds something extra to his music, actually. Yeah, he's he his performances too can be. He's yeah, dude. He's yeah. got like a very somber approach to things and there's something there's a confidence about him too it's just like he's just sitting on the stool mm-hmm. playing his sad songs and i freaking love that we tend to overthink yeah. that so much mm-hmm. and it's like it's not that hard man if you have a good song like you just you go in there and you sing it and you believe in it and other people are going to believe in it too oh yeah that's what it's about well thank you guys i know i know, I know you got to go um i hope we can do this again um and i and i hope we uh can just be be in contact and y'all can let me know if y'all y'all, y'all need anything um and vice versa this has been fun appreciate yeah the time you got it we, we really appreciate you yeah. having us man we'll talk of course, soon. Uh, of course just just trying to build that content man just trying to build those connections with the artists and then uh get more people to see country underdog and then that's it man good deal good deal well let us know if we can help in any way man thanks Where's matt you? thanks justin y'all have a good Don't day forget. take yeah. care peace out